Isaiah 9 and 6 reads, for unto us yes. a child is born. Yes. This is 900 years before it happens. The anticipation of the Isaiah is waiting 900 years and says, for unto us in present tense a child is born. Can you imagine the anticipation of this Jesus? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It is the very last statement that I want to speak to you this afternoon is the Prince of Peace. Before you take your seats, before you take your seats, I just want to pray. If you would stand with me, kind and gracious and loving Father, we thank you today for the people of God who have gathered here in this moment. We thank you, Lord, for being the light of the world, for lighting up this dark world, Lord Jesus, for letting us that wanted to see you, see you. And we, by faith today, Standing in this dark world 2,000 years after your birth, we give you thanks for the wonderful birth that you came into this world and gave us, Lord God. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your great name that which we are saved with. We pray and ask right now today, in a world full of war, in a world full of chaos, that you would give us peace. This we pray all in your name, in the name of your dear son Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. Amen, everybody. Amen, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please take your seats. Please take your seats. So grateful today to be in the house of the Lord with you all. Um, again, it's my pleasure, my privilege, my honor to be standing here with you. I, um, I, I, take, I don't take these moments lightly. Um, I don't take these moments and these opportunities lightly to speak with you, the people of God. And I'm so grateful this morning that we are here today together. You know what I've realized about Christmas? The thing it's supposed to be and the thing it is are two completely different things. Um, <laughs> as de- it seems to me that as December 2nd first hits, the traffic gets a little tighter. People get a bit angrier. Like, we're supposed to be going towards the wonderful, the beautiful, and things get a little bit more tense. You can feel it when you go into Walmart. You can feel it when you go to Kroger's. Like, why is that person so in such a hurry? We get in a hurry to be in a hurry to get nowhere back home, but back home. We are, that tenseness starts to kind of rise in us all. It's almost the opposite of what you assume this moment should be. Like there is on the traffic, I feel it especially so. And if you go out there right now, go to the wrong location of the mall, you'll feel it in the, the time when they give you space to come in, no one's giving you space. You're just on your own. 
But the thing that we assume should be happening, this, this peace on earth, goodwill, that is going out the door. This happens in the house too. Everybody's a little bit more tense. Somebody's preparing and not enough people are helping. <laughs> so one person gets all, is doing all the gift buying and another person is taking all the credit for the gift buying, right? This moment, this kind of season changes us. But I was fascinated by Isaiah 9 and 6, that he is our peace. He is our peace. And I was really kind of um, this week thinking about the idea of peace and what it is. We were introduced to the notion of peace in a couple of different ways in scripture. Um, that there is, for example, the idea of the Sabbath. This is a time that they take to be in harmony with and to be connected to God. And they say during that Sabbath, um, we are not going to work. The chaos of work, we're going to just stop that for this 24-hour period from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. We're not going to do anything that's not in harmony with God. So we, we bring peace into our, into our moment, but we literally have to wait till Friday to get there. And then when Saturday evenings come, that whatever peace you've got necessarily leaves the moment you've just come out of. You're just going straight back to whatever chaos and work you were dealing with. That's the first idea of peace. That peace is connected to time. That's helpful. I don't know, some people put on their calendar, I'm gonna block a time on my work calendar, I'm just gonna take it for myself. Like I'm not gonna work during this time for some of us who have office jobs, that's helpful. I'm, my time from 10 till 11 is precious to me on a Tuesday. I am not doing any work, then it's my, my me time. Maybe I'll take care of my emails. Whatever it is, I'm making sure peace is in that time. It's my work Sabbath. <laughs> like I can't take y'all for the whole week and I need to take an hour for myself, my work Sabbath. But that necessarily, I can't do that all week. <laughs> so the 40 hours I've got to spend at least some time working. So peace then becomes conditional on my environment. That's a problem because my environment keeps changing all the time. If my peace is conditional, that means somebody else has control of me and my peace. So I can't rely on time for peace. Another way to think about peace is in the actual place of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is literally translated as the dwelling place, Jerusalem or Shalom. Jerusalem is the dwelling place or the city of peace. So either I've got time to get to peace, but maybe there's a place I can be peaceful. There must be a place that peace is. If I can't have time for peace, maybe there's a place for peace. But what have we learned over the last few months that even at the place that is called peace, there's no peace at all. In fact, they're warring there right at this moment, not very many miles from the place that you assume should be peace. They are warring over that land. Man, so peace neither can be a particular time, and it looks like that we can't have peace in a particular place. What are we left with then if neither our time or places are peaceful? What do we do in a world that takes away peace from our environment and takes it away from our time? 
Here I want to share another scripture here really quickly. It's in St. John chapter 14, verse 27. St. John chapter 14, verse 27. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. If you don't, it will be on the screen for you, I hope. St. John chapter 14 and 27 reads thus. Peace, I leave with you. Not, this is what he's literally saying. He's saying, my shalom, I leave with you. Not the place, not the time, but my peace. Uh, You don't have to wait till Friday afternoon for this. And you don't have to get to Jerusalem for this because I am leaving this peace with, with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. And what does he go on to say? Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Wait a minute. I assumed, based on my definitions earlier, that if it wasn't the right time for peace, I couldn't have peace in my heart. What I'm realizing is that we have to take the condition out of peace. We have to take that reliance on the spe- You know what we've said to ourselves? As soon as I hit the lottery, everything will be fine. As soon as that inheritance money hits, I haven't got any coming, by the way. But as soon as that inheritance money hits, everything will be fine. And you know what I've realized? Some of the richest people I know are also some of the most miserable people I know too. If you're waiting for peace to come in the form of money, time, or space, you're going to be disappointed when it comes. Uh, If you're going to wait for peace to come, because some condition changes in your life. Uh, you're gonna be sadly disappointed, but Jesus broke the whole thing down. <laughs> Can you just help me read that for a second, sir? Peace, I leave with you. I'm going to literally take peace. Now I'm gonna go right back to my Isaiah 9 and 6 verse. You note he said he is the prince of peace. Now the notion of the idea of prince is an official title when you rule a particular domain or area. So that's called a principality. The prince is over the principality. He's over this area. (laughs) And he has chosen to be prince, not of a place, but of a way of being. And because he is the prince over this way of being, he has the authority to give you some of the peace. Ah, glory to God. That's why I don't try to get peace from my house. Because if I'm late three times in a row, they're gonna threaten to take my peace. That's why I don't get peace from my car because if I miss a couple of payments, trust me when I say they'll come and grab the car, the peace that I get from my car. If I get my peace from my job, uh, they will hire three people that I would never hire put them right in the middle of the situation that I've got, that I've just enjoyed. Ruin everything I've put together and now all my peace is gone. I'm not conditioning my peace on what I don't have. So, I'm gonna give over the nature of my peace to the person who is in charge of it and who's giving it away freely. (laughs) And I've realized this that, uh, Even some of my best friends don't like me to have too much peace. I've realized they want me to have peace as long as they've got peace. (laughs) 
And you have another, some friends like, they're happy for your success when they're successful. But as soon as they're not successful, they can't. Yeah. But I'm giving it, I'm giving over complete charge of my peace to the man who was giving it away freely. My peace I give unto you. Note he said, give. Note he said, give. Not earn, not get, not figure it out, not work for it. Not do good till you get it. He said, I'm giving it away. <laughs> you know what I've realized about giving away is we will go for things we don't want even if they're giving it away. Like, I've got so much knickknacks in my house from conferences I've been to. Not because I thought I wanted that knickknack. I just wanted it because it was free. Oh, it's free? Thank you. Get me get some of that. And then I get home and I'm like, what am I doing with this? Now I've got to throw it out. It was your trash to begin with, now it's mine. But my God is giving away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You see what I mean? Yes, sir. Get this piece. But don't make it conditional. Because as soon as you make it conditional, they'll take away the condition and you'll be right back where you started. Gosh, I want, to, I want to be in one accord with my family, but if that's what I'm going to have to do to rally my peace, I know I won't get none. <laughs> so I'm going to bring my peace that the Lord is giving me. And note, he qualified the kind of peace he was going to give you. Because I noticed when Jesus came into this world, it was chaos. Mary and Joseph had to travel to be taxed. They were in a place they weren't supposed to be. They were being hunted by Herod. All kinds of things were going on that was absolute chaos, but the angel said, peace on earth, glory to God, peace on earth. And somehow he was saying there is peace in the middle of this chaos. That's because he wasn't deriving his peace from Herod. He wasn't deriving his peace from the authority. He was deriving his peace from Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Where were we? Say. Peace I leave un unto you. Yes. You, my peace I give unto you. Yes. Not as the world give it. Not as the world give it. He's making the, the conditional break here. Because if you do it based on the world, if you do it based on your friends, if you do it based on your family, so, as, so, as quiet as it's kept, do it based on your spouse. <laughs> and I have to say this, my wife's sitting right there, I understand. I didn't stutter, she knows too. Because my peace can't be relying on you and neither can your peace. <sighs> Not my real deep down peace. <sighs> love, her to, love her more than anything else on the planet. Nothing else comes first. <laughs> but I can't rely on you for not for the deep peace. I've got to get that from him. <sighs> it's because that peace is not conditional. He says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to leave it with you. Not as the world gives. I'm not going to do it based on a condition that you can't meet. And maybe you can meet it sometimes, but it's going to be like a Sabbath kind of peace that comes and then goes. Or it's going to be like a peace like Jerusalem where it's a place and I can't get there right now. I can't get to that peace because it's out of my geographic location. 
It's not the time for peace. But if I have it in me, if I have it with me, uh, uh, then I can't walk away from it. The time won't run out on it. Because wherever I am, that's where the peace is. So he gives them this, freely gives them this peace. The last thing he says to them, my peace I give unto you. What does he say? Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. I'm not going to give it to you like the world's got it. I'm going to do it a slightly differently. What else does he say? Let not your heart be troubled. Yes. Neither let it be afraid. When you have some peace, I don't know if you, <laughs> when you've really got peace, your heart ain't even, it's not going to be even worried about it in the way that you think it should be. Like they're going to come at you with everything that should be disruption and chaos and they're going to wonder why in the world it's not impacting you the way it should be. Because my situation isn't conditioned on what you just presented to me. <laughs> if, if you think that the bonus is the thing that brings you peace, as soon as it comes up short, <sighs> you can't get peace. Uh, and I have decided, I have set in my mind the things that I have decided to be my peace. And Jesus is going to be my peace. Let me keep going here. Please read that out for me. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, yeah. neither let it be afraid. The other thing that peace dispels isn't just trouble, but it's fear. Peace the scripture tells us that fear is a torment. And so in effect, the absence of fear is peace. I've had those situations where literally work has taken away my peace and substituted it with fear. That's because I have given it too much authority. I have given that workplace too much authority. There is somebody who has a principality Somebody who is both the Prince of Peace and the Eternal Father who wants to have the rightful place in my heart. And when I bring him in, I bring him his authority and his principality. He's going to completely disrupt the situation that was in there because his principality is first. You understand what I mean? It's like when I'm in the United States, the law of England do not apply. If they say 55 miles per hour and, and US say 70, I go with the, the place I'm at. I don't care what the, top, what the speed limit is over there. I couldn't, you, they go on the other side of the road. I don't care. Over here, different rules apply. When I invite the Savior in, different rules now apply. I don't have to worry about your rules. I don't have to worry about your situation. I have invited in a different principality, and it is the principality of peace. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I want to share one more scripture here. Actually, a couple more. Um, if you could go to um, Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 4, this is what Paul was speaking to the Ephesians about what Jesus is to us, what he is to us. And he's setting it up because I think it's important to realize that the nature of Christ is to disrupt what was going on in the world. 
The reason why we, we, we celebrate Christmas at this time of year is because Jesus was literally born this time of year. It's because it's in the Northern Hemisphere. This is winter, which means round about now, actually it was a couple of days ago, is the darkest day, the, the shortest day of the year. Meaning there is so little light that um, it, the, the day kind of, by five o'clock it's already dark, six o'clock it's already dark. And so what we represent then with, with this Christmas is Jesus coming in and being the light in the darkness. The light in the darkness. Like, if this is the shortest day, this is the longest night, they, light, they used to literally light a Christmas candle on this dark night, and that would represent the light of the world. Amen? The light comes in and lights up this time. He wasn't born now, but it's a good and convenient time to celebrate it. I could do it every day, just to be very clear. But 25th is just as good as any other day. <laughs> so he comes in and lights up the world, but he doesn't just light it up like I talked about last week. The scripture tells us he becomes something to us too. Can you read Ephesians chapter 4 for me? Ephesians 2, excuse me. Verse 4. But God... Who is rich in mercy. Okay, keep going. For his great love, where he loved us. Yes. Even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, are you saved? Keep going, sir. And has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us. Through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think I got the wrong one. Um, keep reading, though, for me. For by, for by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Drop down to verse 14. I meant, four, I meant 14, please. 14. Yes. For he is our peace. He is our peace. This Jesus is, in fact, our peace. He's not bringing peace. He is peace. <laughs> he's, not creating, he's not creating a peaceful situation for you. <laughs> That's different. You're going back to conditional thinking. Because <laughs> if he has to create the peace situation for you, he isn't the peace itself. You understand what I mean? So in order for him to be peace, you have to ignore everything that's going on around you and just see Jesus. Read that again. In fact, read verse 13 for me. Yes, sir. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off. Some of you were way off there. Are made nigh by the blood of Christ. But his very essence brings you close. <laughs> what is life to him is bringing you close to him. Keep reading now into verse 14. And then he brings you close and he become, he becomes your peace. He becomes closer than a brother, closer than your spouse, closer than your job, better than your money, better than your situation. And he becomes your peace. So when I celebrate this Christmas and I'm in the middle of this chaos and everything around me is falling apart, everything you've planned, 
everything you've tried to put in order that didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And you were looking for that thing to bring you peace. Jesus says, I will be your peace. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those people who love everything to go the way I want it to go. Yes, you oh, are, um, I am, if it's, if people are late on me, oh, that drives me nuts. If, if the dinner on the plate doesn't look the right way and the gravy's not touching this part and the, the coleslaw's too warm, it will send me in a tizzy and it takes me ages to, I have put too much in the things and the environment around me. I'm gonna stop doing that and make Jesus my peace. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stop, that's a bad habit I'm gonna to have to break. I have to make him my peace. Uh, you, one of the things I realize is um, you've gotta seed the thing. You've gotta give attention to the thing that you want to have control in your life. For example, one of the things I've been doing recently, you know, one of the things we do to ourselves is we say negative things about ourselves, just, just in passing. Oh, you're silly, why did you forget that? Oh, you never remember everything. You say it to yourself. You seed the ground with bad thoughts purely by accident. Then when somebody else comes in, you really take it in because you've been fertilizing the ground with these negative thoughts and then somebody else does it and for some reason it takes root not because it was such a big thing, but because you've been making the ground ready for the negative thing that they were saying. I'm encouraging you to make peace with yourself. Like really get the peace with yourself first. Like give yourself some grace. <laughs> give yourself a break sometimes, because you, you really do, you go overboard with critiquing yourself. And then when somebody else says it, it comes into your life and it takes root. And I'm here to tell you, you've got to have to give Jesus the authority in your life. I am who he says I am. You have to give his word the, the first place. That way when I come in on a Sunday, this is easy work for me because the ground's good. You've been saying to yourself all, work, all week, he is my peace. So when I come in and say it, that just confirms the good ground you've been making all week. He is our peace, yes, saints. I want to make him my peace this week. If I don't know what my wife's got planned, but if the turkey don't taste good tomorrow, he is our peace. I don't care. As long as we've cut together and as long as we've got the Lord in the middle, I don't care what goes on tomorrow. If the gift you've got, she got me these shoes, which are great. But if the gift you've got me for tomorrow, isn't that good? It's okay. He is our peace. Thank you, Jesus. He's got to be our peace. And I want you to make him, I want you to set yourselves up so that when things go wrong, you've already seen in the ground. You've already said to yourself, peace is here already. You're not going to take away my peace. I remember my mom used to say, used to quickly kind of dis rebuke things. Really quickly, she used to say, just to rebuke it really quick. I said, man, it doesn't take all that. Yeah, sometimes you've got to make your ground good so that when somebody comes in, they don't disrupt your peace. This week is going to be a tough one. There's, there's things distracting us. 
across the seas with wars in Somalia. There's wars going on in Israel right now. There's disruption in our midst. Uh, but there's, there's going to be a corner that I want you to make Jesus have complete control of for your soul. He's going to be your peace in that. Like some parts, I get it. We can't help it. But there's going to be a corner. There's going to be a space where he is principal, where he is prince of your life. And I'm encouraging you. Don't give up that space. It's yours. It's his. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word.